0: Now for the first reading, Psalm 37, verses 1 through 8. I invite you to open your pew Bibles, if you like, and read along. Do not fret because of the wicked. Do not be envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so you will live in the land and enjoy security. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. He will make your vindiction shine like the light, and the justice of your cause like the noonday. Be still before the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Do not fret over those who prosper in their way, over those who carry out evil devices. Refrain from anger, and forsake wrath. The word of the Lord. 7th Street. Can everybody hear me? Wow, it's amazing how that microphone works. I'm so grateful for our sound um, people this morning. Any Sound engineers, anyone who spends any time in a pulpit knows that the most important person in the church is not the pastor, but the person who works the sound. So thank you for um, uh, this wonderful opportunity. I'm also grateful to my sister, friend um, Holly Woodruff for extending this invitation uh, to me again to come back and preach uh, to you all. Um, I do not take for granted there are some times when I preach in places and I don't get invited back. So I'm grateful for the opportunity to um, preach here and grateful to my friend um, and colleague Holly who chose to dressed like me today. <laughs> Although she's, mu- she's a much more stylish version, so. <laughs> um, I'm also grateful to my friend, um, my brother, uh, Dr. Patrice Rankin, who serves as Dean of the Faculty of Arts and Sciences at the University of Richmond, um, and um, Rania, my also uh, good friend, um, and uh, Patrice's family, who is here in town. Um, who I got to spend some time with all of them last night, Um, and so I'm grateful for them and uh, their presence here this morning. Uh, The text that is here before us is a perhaps familiar one, and I will share it with you. It is from the Gospel of Luke. Hear these words from the Gospel of Luke. I think Holly's taller than me. I need to lower this a bit. Okay. Um, hear these words from the Gospel of Luke chapter 4 verses 14 through 22 then Jesus filled with the power of the Spirit returned to Galilee and a report about him spread throughout all the surrounding country he began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone when he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up He went to the synagogue on the sabbath day as was his custom he stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet isaiah was given to him he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim the year Of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And then he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. This is the word of God for the people of God. If you would pray with me for just a few moments on the subject, an inside joke an inside joke. Gracious and eternal God, I thank you for answering my prayers and indeed I thank you for becoming my salvation. I thank you for this opportunity to stand before your people and to proclaim your word. Let it be a word of hope, a word of love, a word of peace, a word of liberation, a word of righteousness for your namesake. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. An inside joke. Many of us are familiar with the concept of an inside joke. You know what an inside joke is, right? It's when you and maybe one or two of your other friends share some knowledge that oftentimes makes you laugh because you are aware of the original referent to that joke, but everyone else around you may not quite get it. Well, I have a good friend that I work with in uh, Indianapolis at Disciple Center, and she and I have developed a bit of an inside joke. Just to give you an example, in my office, there's a lot of light that shines into the office, and it's a large corner office, thankfully. I'm happy for that. But I'm rarely ever there, so I don't really get to enjoy the office as much as I'd like. And my friend who works at the office near mine, um, anytime I come in, her name is Bethany uh, Watkins, and she, um, she said to me, oh, one day I came into the office, she said, oh, you're here today. And I said, yes, I'm not traveling this week. And she said, you know, Kim and I were talking, and we always, um, we always re- reflect about your office, and, whenever the li- and this is what I heard her say. Whenever the light is on in your office, Kim and I say, oh, Black Panther is in the building. Now that's not actually what she said though. What she was referring to is that the light that shines into my window when I'm not there illuminates this actual Panther that I have sitting on my desk (laughs) and casts a shadow on the wall. I've never seen this because I've never been there when the light's not on. And I explained to her what I thought she said, and she just turned beet red. So now, anytime I see Bethany, I give her the Wakanda for life. <laughs> and that has become our inside joke. I have another inside joke that I share with a friend of mine who. Uh, who I know from Holland, Michigan, and her name is Beth. Beth Beth Carroll is her name, was one of my students, and Beth would post things on social media all the time because she's a classically trained musician. And as a classically trained musician, every now and then her postings would be about music. Well, a few of her postings were about recorders. You all know what a recorder is, right? Well, to Beth, a recorder is basically satan's device (laughs) she actually despises recorders and so she would always post things about recorders and one day i sent her a a, a private message about her posting of recorders and i said to her i said you know beth i grew up in a very underserved community we were very poor and i remember when i was in fourth grade fifth grade we got a chance to play recorders and it was amazing to me because this was the first time I had ever held an actual musical instrument in my hand, and it gave me an appreciation for music that I probably would not have had otherwise. And Beth said, thank you for sharing that. I had not considered that before. I now have a different appreciation for what recorders can do. She still doesn't like them, (laughs) but she appreciates the diversity of experience that people have. And so the following November, I walked into my office and it was on my birthday, November 6th, and I walk into my office and there sitting on my desk is a card and a recorder from Beth. That recorder had become, for Beth and I, an inside joke. I would like to submit to you that Within the context of this particular text, we have access to an inside joke. It's not right there on the surface, and it's an inside joke that those of us who are Christians can only recognize. In the passage, Jesus uses a text from Isaiah, and he uses this text from Isaiah to connect to his own ministry and his own proclamation within the context of his day. On the one hand, the text is an incredible invocation of how the Spirit empowers all of us to boldly and prophetically speak out against injustice. The text shares with us how we are to work on behalf of those who are oppressed, but but in another sense, if you look at the entirety of this scene from Luke, you actually see something much deeper about this particular text. And I'll let you in on another secret. This secret may be a bit surprising. The secret is, Christian ministry is one big joke. Okay, maybe that's why I don't get invited back to preach very often. (laughs) All kidding aside, What Jesus is presenting to us is an inside perspective on Christian ministry that the world doesn't easily see. You see, this text isn't just about all power and roses. It actually represents a very challenging picture of the central message of the gospel and what we are committed to when we ourselves profess belief in Jesus Christ. Luke as an entirety, the book of Luke is about hope, it's about spirit, it's about the promises of God. But if you keep reading beyond the passage that we just read, beyond the celebratory proclamation of how the spirit of the Lord is upon Jesus, things start to get a little dicey. You see, initially the people who hear the message are excited because they think this is a message for them that God is going to deliver them and Jesus is coming to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And they celebrate. But then just a little bit past that, Jesus begins to chide them. He implies that they don't really get what he's saying because they think this is just about them. Jesus is challenging to them to help them understand that the freedom he proclaims isn't a freedom that belongs only to them. In fact, the real freedom that he's proclaiming is the freedom that they are to offer to others. He says some even more frustrating stuff about them. The crowd is being pushed to give up their own privileged positions so that others might be brought this message of freedom and hope by them. The crowd looks at him. Is he joking? That's not what they came to hear. They didn't come to hear a message that was supposed to help other people. They came to hear a message just for them. On the surface, it appears to be about one thing, but if we look at the context and the subtext, we understand that the text itself is really about others. Something that only those who are in on the inside joke can fully appreciate and understand. Being a faithful Christian means being open to meanings and messages that challenge us. It means that we have to come to grips that everything that we hear isn't going to bring us to a happy place sometimes we're going to hear messages that challenge us to think differently about ourselves and differently about the world that we live in Jesus is encouraging the believers there to look beyond themselves, to put down their own privilege and look at the bigger picture. In fact, throughout Jesus's life, he does this time and time again. Think about the story of the Good Samaritan. Jesus challenged the lawyer to think not necessarily about what he would get out of salvation, but what it meant to be a neighbor to others. Also in the Good Samaritan, we have a lesson that shares with us that we must check our implicit biases against people that we don't necessarily see as worthy as we ourselves might be. You see, the Christian faith challenges us to look beyond a simple message that we might think provides us with comfort. The Christian message challenges us to think differently about the world and think differently about our place in the world. And here's where things get even funnier. The Christian faith isn't necessarily a financially lucrative one. It's true, we may have decent jobs and we may make a decent living but that's not what it's all about. Those of us who are called to ministry, those of us who are called not to just serve in ministry, but to be and to participate in ministry, understand that life has its ups and downs, and Jesus was certainly no prosperity gospel preacher. Our faith isn't about the kinds of cars that we drive, nor is it whether or not we live in the biggest house on the block. In fact, it's not about the kinds of cars that we drive, it's about whether or not we're going to be a driving force in society for change. It's not about what kind of house we live in, it's about whether or not we are working to make God's house a welcome and inclusive place for all. Jesus' ministry represents a prophetic ministry that means being concerned not with our own comfort and privilege, but with the needs of others. It means that on a good day, we must turn ourselves outward and ally ourselves with the marginalized and the oppressed, that we must go there where they are and find out what their needs are, find out how they need to be liberated, and we must be in solidarity with the oppressed. It is not to say that we can't be well off as Christians if we work hard. It just means that that's not the end goal. So if you're a pastor You might have to be satisfied with the possibility that your daughter may someday be able to become a doctor or a lawyer and afford to buy you a Tesla or a BMW. And meanwhile, you might be driving a Ford Focus. I'm just preaching to myself up here, sorry, I I digress. The reality is, is that Jesus understood this and this was the message that Jesus wanted his followers to understand. That being part of the Christian faith means turning outward. It means looking around at the world that you live in and figuring out what must we do to help those whom Jesus calls the least of these. Jesus is not just proclaiming a prophetic word, but Jesus is becoming this prophetic word. Hear what Jesus says in the last part of this passage. He says, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. By hearing the message of liberation, we can become that message of liberation. The fulfilling of Jesus' prophetic message is in those who hear the message and go and do likewise. The fulfillment of this message, the fulfillment of the Spirit of God, is in the doing, not just the listening. To hear the gospel is to be the gospel. To hear the good news is to be the the good news. This is what I've learned about the inside joke of our faith. This is what I've learned that the world does not recognize about us. The world sees us as something different that it doesn't always get. Why would you give away the money that you have to help others? Why wouldn't you keep it for yourselves? Why would you stand up on behalf of those who are oppressed? Let everyone fend for themselves. The world has a different way of looking at things than we as Christians do. And we are part of the inside joke. It is true that we will be met with resistance on a good day, when you proclaim what God has to say, people will say, oh, that's interesting. Maybe I'll think about it. And on a bad day, when you try to proclaim what God would have people to say and to do and to believe, people may run you out of town and try to throw you off a cliff. Isn't that hilarious? But this is the inside joke of our faith you will need a good sense of humor to be a christian you will need a good sense of humor to stand up for justice you will need a good sense of humor to look at all the challenges of the world and to continue doing what god has called you to do we might not get a lot out of it and every now and then people will push back against our efforts to change society, and to change the world. But be of good cheer, because we are in good company. For Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon us. God has anointed us to preach good news to the poor. God has sent us as the Christian church to proclaim release to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, and to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So rejoice, 7th Street. Rejoice in the good news of the gospel for today and every day. That which we do is the fulfillment of the scriptures in the world's hearing. Amen and amen.